Hey, everyone, and welcome to Generative Now. This is the show where we talk to the builders who are creating the world's most exciting AI products and companies. I am Michael Magnano. I'm a partner at Lightspeed. And for today's episode, I spoke with Ariel Cohen, co-founder and CEO of Navan, the all-in-one travel, corporate card, and expense management solution. Now, in this conversation, I was really interested to talk to the co-founder and CEO of a larger company. We've obviously talked to a lot of startups on this show, but in this interview with Ariel, I wanted to hear what it was like for a really big company to run hard at AI after ChatGPT emerged about a year ago. So in this conversation, Ariel shared with me what that shift was like and how they made it happen. Take a listen. Ariel, good to see you. Good to see you. Amazing to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. You are a busy person because Navan is just, it seems like it's on top of the world. I feel like every time I'm in an airport, I see a huge billboard. I see something talking about Navan. I feel like I'm using it more and more. I feel like I'm running into more and more people that are using it. Um, and I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about AI. But first, maybe uh, I think it'd be great to give the listeners some context for how you got here, how you got to this point. Tell us about you and your background and the story of Navan up until this point. Of course, of course. So, you know, the story of Navan is actually pretty cool. Uh, both me and Elon, my co-founder, uh, we, had, uh, we, we had a startup before, which we've sold, but we also worked in uh, pretty big companies like uh, HP, Mercury, Jive. And in all of these companies, we both managed global teams, which when you manage a global team, it means that you travel a lot. And we did that for years. And as Elon and I were thinking about what do we want to solve next? Like what's our next startup? Travel became really obvious and fast. And there were several reasons for that. One, it's really, really big market. So companies are spending a lot of money uh, on, on travel. It's usually five to seven percent of their entire uh, OPEX. Um, it's also a big number. Companies are spending more than one trillion dollars annually on travel. Uh, but then when you look at this as a, as a traveler uh, and as a manager, there is a huge gap between what you think that you should get from a technology perspective and also a service perspective than to what you're actually getting. So as a traveler, you know, it takes, it took me, it used to take me very, very long time to book a trip. You know, just this simple thing, like, you know, like in, in consumer life, it's obvious, you know, you click here, you click here, you click here, eventually your trip to Hawaii is ready. When it comes to business travel, there is this entire thing, you know, you try to use a system like Concare. And in most of the cases, it will not give you what you wanted from a travel perspective. So you'll end up emailing a travel agency or you're gonna call someone and all of these things. So you are ending up spending a lot of time on booking a trip, which is a simple uh, thing. If you want to change it, and in business travel, I know it now, 30% of the trips will get changed. So a lot of trips will get changed. If you think about the amount of time that you've changed your plans in an existing trip or, uh, or before or after, and also the amount of things that can happen to you if you travel a lot, it's just getting changed a lot. So if you want to change something, it's like an entire process, emailing, back and forth. That's why, you know, a lot of people are eventually ending up uh, employing EAs that will do that for yep. you. And then as a manager, so nothing makes sense as a traveler. As a manager... This, there is always that meeting that the CFO shows up and telling you, hey, your team is spending a lot of money on travel. And you, okay, but can you tell me what to do? <laughs> okay. 
and and you don't know what to do. So it just you're feel you're getting this feeling that you're doing something wrong, while you maybe just ended the quarter, right? And to end the quarter, you needed some people to fly around the world and and close close it, or you just had ended the planning of the year and so on. So on both sides, it didn't make sense. And Elon and I both being in technology for years, like uh, now it's probably, I don't know, 25 years. We knew that there, the technology can solve a lot of it. We knew that. We knew that, you know, uh, it should take no more than five minutes to book a trip. It should take a few minutes to change a trip. Um, you know, if you take it farther to the other side of travel, 30% of the budget is actually going to entertainment, to the meals, to hosting customers, all of the things around it. I don't know, you are in an Uber or Lyft, a cab, all of the things around it, it's 30%. So if travel is complex, then you do the expense. That doesn't even make sense because that's kind of somebody is telling me, okay, check out from the hotel, take a receipt. If you use the mini bar, now it's an entire thing. If you ate something in the, you know, in the, in the restaurant, it's an entire thing. So now you are employing your best employees, the employees that cost you the most, you know, the sales team, the execs and all of these things to describe a receipt. You know, that's the mini bar. That's the, it's called optimization, right? That's the mini bar. That's the restaurant. By the way, here are taxes. We describe the three levels of taxes that every hotel has. And after 30 minutes, you'll finish uh, describing this receipt and you repeat it with restaurants, with cars, with all of these things. You know, people are having this pile of receipts and basically uh, taking something that was digital and bring it back to be digital with a lot of metadata, with a lot of, uh, right? So that didn't make sense either. So Elon and I basically said, you know, it would, it should, we should have this best solution uh, that super easy to book, super easy to change, super easy to get back from the trip and do the expense management. Just easy, just easy. And if something happens to you, you're going to get really good service. That's what we wanted to do. And that's what we were, we've been doing in the last eight years. It's incredible. I mean, what you just described, uh, itemizing expenses, it's so true. I mean... I'm, I'm something like, you know, maybe similar to you, almost 20 years into my career in technology. And to this day, I'm still doing some form of itemization. It's getting better, obviously, thanks to products like Novan, but uh, it is such a, a massive, massive time suck. So to talk a little bit about like how exactly does the product enable companies to get this time back? Yeah. So what we've discovered, uh, Elon and I, is that there is a reason for all of this complexity around travel, less about expense, but around travel. The reason is that the actual travel infrastructure is very, very old from a technology perspective. So I still remember we started a company and we looked for the API to book a, to book a flight. So spoiler, there is no API like that. To actually book a flight, you need to have uh, agreements with a lot of different entities, obviously the airline, but also some uh, middleware, uh, GDS, and other things. So you, and you need to kind of go one after the other per geography. So your agreement, the agreement that you have with, I don't know, United Airlines in the US is, will be different in Europe, will be different in, uh, in, you know, in the Far East. So you really need to invest a lot of time and effort on this pretty much business development or what we are today calling suppliers relationship. Uh, so driving content into the system is really, really complex. 
And some will not even have normal APIs. So you will need to kind of find ways to hack it and to bypass stuff. Some will have APIs, you know, if you're connected to an OTA or something, but mashing it all together into, you can search, I want to fly there. Mashing it all together, it's actually really super complex. So this is actually where uh, machine learning, you know, I know that we're going to talk about generative AI, but this is where machine learning became very, very important uh, to Navan. Uh, and why? Because we, from the get-go, valued the idea of bringing a lot of content from everybody. If you kind of look at a traditional travel agency, they will trim it to what you would call business content. We knew that we want to bring a OTAs like Expedia, <coughs> Priceline, Bookings, but also the traditional. And why is that? Because the prices are better and availability is better. So we wanted to mesh it together. We also knew that we are not going to limit it just to traditional airlines. But, you know, in Europe, low-cost carriers, super important. Like uh, EasyJet is important. Ryanair is important. But to connect to them is different. So let's say that we've managed to connect to them. But how do you mesh it together so it will not take you forever to, to select a flight or to select a room in the hotel because I'm bringing all of this content in? And this was about getting to know you. Uh, kind of one, after you do one or two bookings in the system and assuming that the rest of the employees in your company are also booking, uh, it, we will know in more than 90% accuracy what you're going to book. From the time that you get into, into the system, you said, you know, I want to be in London, we will know what you're going to book. And it's important because then it allows us to put the search results from a search perspective really, really up there. And no matter, no matter how many times you're going to play with the, you know, with the filters and the sorting, it's not important. Actually, you'll, you'll book what we kind of thought that you're going to book. So in average, it takes five minutes uh, to book a trip on a, on a van. And some of the trips are complex. These are business trips, you know, multi-city, a lot of different places. So... That was really, really important in terms of the experience. There was another thing that we realized early, why people still call an agent, because the agent knows them, which allows personalization. So if you think about agents, agents will tell you, you're telling me that you want to go to London. I'm going to tell you, stay in this hotel. I know your office address. I know your preferences. So in London, there is one hotel. And it's great because it's very personalized, but it's very, very much limiting you. It's like always stay in the Marriott. I, for example, I really like the experience. I like boutique hotels. I like the Soul House. I like these kind of hotels. I actually like to experiment with different hotels when I'm staying in cities. So I don't want my EA to select my hotels or the agent to select. I want to see the best kind of thing, but I want a system that will make some sense to me. So this is, again, when machine learning was super important and a big, big part of it. So I want to summarize the magic was connect to everything and through machine learning, make some sense into it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you're entering a very fragmented market. So you're basically providing a personalization layer on top of lots of fragmentation to give back time and give people really the experience that they want without having to invest a lot of time in it. That makes a ton of sense. And, and what about for the expenses? So, you know, we always knew from the, if uh, you guys have our uh, first pitch deck, so you can see it, we <laughs> said, uh, you know, we said uh, uh, that we want to do TNE, travel and expense from day one. Yeah. And that was the pitch. The pitch was actually TNE. We very quickly realized that uh, it's just too complex, that travel is really complex on the infrastructure level and expense management is really complex. 
And we also have the rewards concept. We are basically giving rewards for employees to save company money when they choose stuff under policy, which that has its sheer complexity of its own. So it's almost like you're talking about like three different problems to solve or products. And we basically decided to trim it, to only focus on, uh, on travel. And even then we really went MVP. We really, really trimmed it. We uh, launched the company. We started the company in, in May, 2015. In November, 2015, we had a product out there in the market, kind of alpha beta stage, but we had a product in the market. We actually had customers. We, we started to make money actually, uh, nine months after. And to do that, we needed to trim it and trim it and trim it and trim it and, and really have a really good MVP. So it took us several years to actually really go to expense management. Uh, one of the reasons that it, that it also took us time, I looked a lot on Expensify and I started to call it a yellow concare because I couldn't find the difference. Like, you know, it's kind of easier to sign up. So I get the PLG thing. But at the end of the day, you find yourself uh, doing the same thing. You're itemizing, you're uh, uploading receipts. The mobile app is not that better than Concare. So I was probably better brand play, but probably better PLG play. So that's why newer companies will use Expensify and not Concare. But to be honest, as a product guy, I couldn't find the difference. And I was saying, so what? The world need another, like we will be a blue Concare or maybe red and back then our colors or that. We will build another Concare and we'll call it Navan. I didn't see the innovation. I thought that there, there, there is nothing to do there. So I was kind of reluctant to jump, to jump into expense management and instead we integrated to Expensify, to Concare, to, to Coupa, to others, because we couldn't, I couldn't think about an innovative kind of uh, thing there. And then like every, everything in life, you know, something happened, we were uh, blocked by some airline. And in that process, we went deep into payments really, really deep. And we realized what Marketa is doing and what Stripe is doing and, and other companies. And we had this aha moment that through the credit card, you know a lot, you know, of what's going on when you're swiping your card. Like, I remember it was surprising to me to see that, you know, the seat of the, on the airplane, you know, you bought something in the, in the United Airlines uh, website and you see, you can see through the credit card, the, you know, on the transaction. Yeah, you can see on the data where, where the person was sitting. Or you can see that somebody added another espresso shot in a Starbucks. And I was, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Because if you know that, then express management could be different. So it was actually accidental that we discovered it through a problem that we had and, and something else. And then we said, okay, so if I'm controlling the payment mechanism, basically I'm issuing the credit card. Uh, I'm, I can do expense management and I can do expense management, not by creating another Expensify, but I can basically tell you, swipe the card and I know everything and I don't need everything from you. I'm going to give you a policy feedback online. This was out of policy, out, in policy. Online, you'll know that, which is very different than expense management. And the expense was done right now online. There is no after. There is nothing to give me after. When we realized that, we start to go deep into payments and expense. And interestingly enough, you know, COVID happened and we kind of lost our uh, entire revenue overnight uh, mm -hmm. of travel. So we kind of needed to accelerate something because we still had a lot of employees. 
And we needed to do something with ourselves. And so we really, really accelerated our expense management and uh, and uh, and payments. So if you think about our business, we are kind of around half a billion uh, run rate. Kind of 25% of this is expense management, which is pretty big considering that we started it only two and a half years ago. What, what's cool about the expense side, uh, which I just gather from this, is that your point about there being information, there being data in the credit card transaction, I imagine there's a bit of a flywheel that happens because you probably learn a bunch of things from the expenses that then feed back into the personalization of the travel services. Is that is that accurate? 100%. We today, you know, companies that are uh, managing travel has leakage. This is an employee that decides to book outside and creates a lot of problems for the company. You know, we can talk a lot about that, but it's it's the reality. Are you really going to uh, to fire your head of sales because he, bo- he booked outside? No way right, or your top employees and so on, or your CEO, right? A lot of this would be the CEO, the EA books outside. So, and companies have this goal to have full adoption because of safety, control, policy, a lot of different things. Because of the control of the credit card, we can report to the company adoption. Basically, companies that are using us getting into a dashboard in the morning, and they see how much money they save for the rewards program. They see obviously how much they spend. They see NPS. So they see the NPS of their employees, like are their employees happy or not. They see CSAT. So basically, are they getting good service from us? Uh, they see adoption. How do they see adoption? Because we, we basically causing it with the credit card information and we are telling them, hey, all of these transactions were booked outside. That's awesome. So, so let's jump into AI. Um, Navan is a large company. I mean, you just you just mentioned uh, you're doing roughly a half a billion uh, dollar run rate. So this is a big company. This isn't a tiny little startup. Uh, but from the outside looking in, from my perspective, it seems like you guys have jumped right into AI. Almost, I don't necessarily want to call it a pivot, unless maybe you do, but. Uh, it seems like you've really gone deep in AI and you've done it very, very quickly. You know, uh, I was not aware at all of generative AI, you know, and we had a pretty big uh, AI team here and I was completely blind to it. And one day I see ChatGPT, and I remember I did the, the morning after, I think they came out on Wednesday, on Thursday, we had an emergency meeting here because <laughs> I saw it. And I was, at the beginning, I was scared. I was, oh my God, we are fucked. Like, uh, nobody will need what we do. So that was my my immediate reaction. And the second reaction, wow, the opportunity is amazing. Like, we can really take this personalization that I was talking about, but also service to a completely different level uh, if we'll embrace it. So it was basically within 24 hours, you know, uh, we had a meeting with me, with Elon, with uh, Nina, who is running a travel here, with the relevant people. And we said, we need to get very serious about it. We need to learn what it is. We need to hire the relevant people. We need to get very, very serious about it. Uh, Let's first map it really quickly. Let's learn as fast as we can, all of us, and and figure out what, what does it mean for us? And it was almost like, for me, it was an emergency. Uh, it was, I really thought that we can lose it all or actually become the winner. It's interesting that you said pivot. Uh, we did talk about it in pivot terms. We did, uh, I was actually saying that up until now, I never thought of pivoting the company. Since the beginning, we're basically running the plan that we've communicated to you on our seed round. 
we were basically running the plan. And that was the first time that I was actually using this term and I was saying, this is a pivot. We will need to think about the entire thing differently. And I'll give you one example. We have this uh, chat bot that covers a pretty big part of our support calls, which that thing really helps us to have the economics of a tech company in a business that is basically service, you know, if you, if you think about it. So, so it comes down to gross margins and so on. But it also allows us to do another thing. Now it's really happening. It allows us to commoditize. We are now, you know, for the first time in this market ever, one of our versions is free. So you can become an Avant customer by signing up and not paying us a dime. And a lot of this is from the efficiency of, our, of this chatbot. But this chatbot on its first year was based on Watson, right? Because it's before, you know, before uh, you have uh, uh, different models out there. And the switch to, at the begin, beginning, OpenAI, now it's actually two models, it's Anthropic and OpenAI, but at the beginning, the, the switch to OpenAI was massive in terms of what we saw of the satisfaction. We, we measure CISAT for the, for the bot as well, and we compare it to the agents. The satisfaction that you are getting out of this, uh, this, uh, this interaction with the bot and the understanding of uh, what, what the hell did you tell me? Right. So what do you want? Can I handle it or not? And if I can, should I pass it to an agent? Right. And this thing, I actually think that we are really at the beginning there. We completely pivoted the bot to do that. So we actually, you can get really good service from the bot and it also saves a lot of money for us and therefore to our customers. Right. That's why they are now getting a free version of us. But then, and this is more a beta, but eventually I think it will become the main thing. Then we took it farther and said, we are doing better on hotels. Eventually it will be for everything. Is it a new UI? Like, mm -hmm. is it really a new UI? Do you really need to click on stuff to, to book stuff? Does it even beneficial for you? So today, and I don't know if, if you guys are part of the beta or not, but today I, when I kind of go and book something, I'm not booking it through our UI. I'm going to our bot and I'm basically telling the bot, Hey, I'm flying to London next week. Uh, where should I stay? And the bot will tell me you have uh, based on all of my past, right? So we basically took all of the past and we match it with uh, basically all of the knowledge that we have. Uh, we recommend that you'll stay in uh, one of these three hotels and it will tell me why. It will tell me that in previous chats or selections, I really optimized for the gym or the restaurant or the location or whatever. Now here is the bridge. We thought that maybe it's too much to ask people to just chat in order to book something. So we've put the chat here and the UI here and they're interacting. So once it tells you, hey, here are the three hotels, it opens in the search, the three hotels and even circulating things that we thought that we should highlight for you. And when you book, you can either tell the bot book for, book it for me or you can actually go to the web UI and click. And so we kind of created, by the way, I don't know if that will be eventually in two or three years, the UX, the UX that, that we will have. We are experimenting there. That's why it's also a beta. But, uh, but there is something there again of like, what would be the future UI, right? Is it just chat? Is it chat with some objects? Um, I actually don't know, but, but this is massive for us. This is, this is a pivot to your point. This is massive for us in terms of how people will, will interact with us. Yeah, it's really interesting to imagine the future of 
these AI native products, right? I mean, per your point, who knows if this will be the UI of the future? I mean, we were all we were all typing into terminals, you know, 30 years ago, and the UI has obviously evolved to be about buttons and tapping on things because it's easier for our brains to understand. But now it does really feel like there's a new wave of interfaces and applications that are chat first, right? It's a little bit counterintuitive. You know, in chat, but I would say it's even generative AI first because there is one system that I, one product that I'm using that I think that they're doing really, really good job on a, on combining generative AI. And it's actually superhuman, you know, the mail, the mail app. Yep. You know, they have this button that they added. And, you know, before that, I would sometimes take the, the email that I want to send and bring it to ChatGPT and ask, can you do it like more engaging or more better English or whatever, right? You want to do. But it will kind of write it in a, in a different way than my language. And I think uh, that superhuman are using a different model and also using my kind of what I was also interacting there. And just by doing an, an AI there and rewrite it, it made my emails significantly more effective. <laughs> and this is really, it's not a chat. It's not, it's like just making me better writer. So I think we'll see a lot of embedded kind of things like uh, this is the experience. You've got one level of value without AI or without generative AI. And now we are getting something else. Kind of what we saw with machine learning, that the search is better, that Netflix uh, knows what I want to watch better and, and all of these things. So I think it's kind of the same thing. It will be, I think, more embedded. Yeah, I think I, I, think I agree with you. So you talk to the team and you say, hey, this is an emergency. Um, and again, you're not a small, opportunity, not a small, actually both, right. An emergency and an opportunity. And again, you're not a small team. Like how does the team react to that? And how do you turn that conversation into action and into building and into shipping? And how long does that transition take? You know, we're not a small team, but we are, I think one of the things that I always thought about Nirvana is kind of Amazon, like, uh, again, you can find it in our first, uh, pitch deck. We said Amazon for travel. Why? Because in travel, you have endless amount of needs. It's not just book, hotel, flight, whatever. You can have VIP services. You can have meeting and events. You can have local services. You can have endless amount of needs. Payments, we've talked about it, other things. So can we keep adding more businesses? Can we innovate, 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 innovate? And it was always part of the culture. But the problem, to your point, we have, we have 3,000 employees worldwide, and it's very global. So how do you stay nimble with 3,000 employees? You can't. Right. How do you even steal this ship? Like you want to do one change and you need to have five Hollands, right? And, you know, and explain to everybody and all of these things. So our solution for this is, first of all, culturally to act fast, to have this sometimes brute force of like, we're going to act fast. And it doesn't work for everybody, by the way. There will be people that you'll, uh, you'll use brute force to steal the shift and they will not stay, uh, not stay on, the, on the ship. But for the type of employees that are successful here, it works really well. These are employees that are actually getting excited by, hey, and now we are coming with something new. We are excited about it. And so that's one kind of mechanism. It's just part of the culture. The other thing, we went more and more in the last couple of years, kind of in post-COVID for us, to smaller and smaller team. Basically, we came with the, these CEOs models. So there is a CEO for Europe. There is a CEO for uh, our expense and payments business. There is a CEO for PLG and uh, growth. So, and by that, we are really trimming the team 
to be small teams, trying of really trying to have the teams less than 150 people, and trying and also trying to have their own culture. So each of these mm-hmm. teams have their own culture. And we keep doing it by the recently we really kind of pleaded the travel team, which became really big to another kind of put some logic to another thing. I think that allows us to move fast because it's not just with generative AI. You want to do stuff. You want to innovate. You want to introduce new stuff to the market. You want to solve problems. By the way, sometimes you have problems and you want to solve problems. And to steer a 3,000 people organization, remember that I've talked with a team and I described a, a bank to them, like a really big financial institution and some process that we had with them. And... This bank, I think, is doing like $80 billion revenue uh, a year. So basically 160x of what we are doing. And their level of complexity when you deal with them, some is regulation, some is just the sheer complexity of the organization, is really, really high. And I was telling the team, you know, when we'll do $100 billion of revenue, I don't want to uh, be 200x more uh, complex, right? We'll not be able to move. So how are we going to solve it? How are we going to solve it? And for me, it's like keep splitting the team, keep trimming it. So we'll have the ability to move fast. When you think of AI, you know, everyone's talking about it as a platform shift. You know, uh, the tech industry has sort of been waiting for a platform shift. So everyone talks about it in those terms. Is that how you think about it? Or do you think about it more as, you know, a resource, a resource akin to you know, cash or people and, and, and depending on how you think about it, what are the forward looking opportunities for AI and how you can apply it to Navan? I think in theory, the potential is to change everything. This is in theory. So that's probably a platform shift. Like this is the new platform. Every, everything will be run on it. And exactly 18 months ago, I was with the, in this dinner with a lot of uh, CEOs and Part of them are really known in the AI world. And, and there was this consensus there that everything, all of the jobs are going away in two years. That was 18 months ago. And I don't think that in six months, all of the jobs are going to go away. So, and I was really not thinking, and I was very vocal about it, that that will happen. And... And I know it's not the common opinion, you know, everybody are talking about like, you know, oh, everything is going away, everything is changing. And I kind of described something interesting for them. I was telling them, you know, sometimes I'm, when I'm traveling, you have these uh, gates that you can actually, instead of doing passports and all of these things, you can go through these gates, it will identify your face and you are going through the gate and it takes you one second instead of like standing in the line for 20, 30 seconds. I, I asked them, you know, you go to an airport, let's say Germany, why some will go to the gate and sometimes some will still talk with the with the border kind of officers because this is life i don't know why it doesn't make any sense if you have this technology send everybody <coughs> so this technology but change takes time and so maybe there will be a massive platform shift maybe by the way it will not, also not be for generative ai i think the secret behind this entire thing is actually compute power and like you know like can you compute more or not so what are the applications out of a, out of this compute power is just generative ai something else i actually don't know i think obviously there is a new technology here obviously compute powers keep going up you, what you can do today you couldn't do five years ago 
uh, what you'll be able to do in five years will be even more. Uh, so there is a platform shift. I never cared about platform. I care about the application. Yeah. The question that I'm always asking myself, but what this thing is giving me, nobody cares about iPhone as kind of a platform shift. It gave you, I don't know, Instacart and DoorDash. And right, that's what it, it gave you. It gives you an application, like you can do something. For me, generative AI is giving me better service. I can actually uh, service the simple stuff for a bot and the more complex stuff for a travel agent. So my customers is getting better service. That's what it gives me. It can give me, uh, you know, better way to, to book stuff, right? And, and I used to work in infrastructure and I realized one day that I don't like it and jumped into the application layer. And I really like the application layer. What can you do with something? Like uh, what, you know, what is the benefit? So maybe it's a platform, maybe it's more embedded in an application. I think probably it's a platform and it's a platform that companies like us can use to have better, better product, better service. I think the example you gave earlier of the fact that now you can have a free account and people can chat with an agent uh, for free in a way they couldn't previously do is a great example of that. You're able to provide better service. You couldn't right. have done that without AI. 100%. 100%. So that's really cool. You talk about, when we talk about expenses, you know, it sounds like this is a pretty meaningful portion of your business now, 25, 30%, I think you said. Yeah. How can AI be applied to the expenses portion of the business? It's actually pretty good around two areas. Uh, one is to show companies how to save money. So, okay. you know, the way that companies are managing uh, expenses, payments, travel is through a lot of reporting, dashboarding, reporting, you know, I'm going to kind of browse through the report and see if I can save some money or there is some fraud or whatever. Today, you can go to Navant, to the admin side and ask a, ask a question, show me how to save money on my last year's budget, okay? So we, how to optimize my policy. And it will tell you, hey, we've identified that 50% of your employees are booking the, the trips uh, in the last minute. And if they would have done it three weeks in advance, you will save 10% on your travel budget, your entire travel budget. Now it could be a lot of money. So we will tell you that thing. Or by better optimizing who is buying, uh, you know, first business class versus coach, you know, uh, you can save money. Now, everybody knows that. Obviously, if I will send everybody to, to fly Spirit Airlines and stay in Motel 6, you'll save a lot of money. <coughs> so that's not the magic. The magic is can you optimize? Can you actually, uh, you know, on a three hours uh, trip, not have the employee, even not having the CEO on business class? Right? Can you actually do that? And I don't know, it's based on your culture and your decision and, and your willingness to pay. I actually don't have an opinion about that, but I can show you how much you could have saved. So you're actually chatting with us, very similar to ChatGPT. You're asking, the, you're asking uh, basically about what we call her Eva, and you're asking Eva, how can I save money or, uh, or show me the teams that are spending the most and why and so on. So this is, I would call it kind of a first version into expense management uh, of uh, how things can be, can be better. And the other side is more of understanding your own itemization. That's more machine learning than, uh, than, uh, than generative AI. But it's really trying to understand the invoice better so you'll not need to give us a lot of information. 
You talked a little bit about the culture of Navon that enabled you to move fast on AI. How has AI changed the culture uh, for how you build and how you operate? I imagine, like lots of other teams, you know, internally you're looking to get gains of efficiency from AI. So, so what has it done for your team and how you build? Uh, you know, we kind of talked about application earlier, so I'll talk about. Uh, so you kind of probably realize that I care about outcome more than I care about the slogan "generative AI" or whatever. Sure. So I can tell you one thing, our engineering team today is smaller than what it was a year ago, and our products are bigger and more complex and we have more customers, right? So from an outcome perspective, hey, I know that we are more efficient, okay? It's also, at least in my opinion, I think smaller engineering teams are actually having better culture. I think when you start to have really big engineering teams, it's like uh, just becoming too complex. So I also, I'm a fan of, of Elon is the same, of really small engineering teams because they're, be, they're just better. And so I think that using AI in the engineering team uh, helps a lot to have less engineers, to have better culture in engineering, better culture, better outcome. And I see it with the numbers. That's one side. I will tell you something that I didn't see change yet, and I'm kind of a little bit, uh, I don't know, disappointed from that, is to see the same change around AI in other teams. So I think engineering is kind of almost like the easy team to see a change because engineers are receptive to technology. Uh, I still don't see what I thought that I'm going to see in, uh, in teams like sales, as an example, uh, you know, the finance team and so on. I do see something recently. It's very, very hard to focus the travel because it's highly, highly impacted by, uh, by, uh, by uh, macroeconomics. So, and, you know, and I think it's very hard to predict macroeconomics. So, so we recently started to use a AI uh, model there. And it seems that on the short run, right, still not like, the three years forecast. But on the short run, something like six months, we are becoming very, very accurate in our forecast way using this uh, this model. So it's kind of the first time that I saw outside of engineering a, a outcome, something interesting around the usage of AI. I want to see it more. I think the team that can do the, the, the most uh, outside engineering around AI is probably the sales team. And I still don't see it there. And that's kind of an area that it's almost like surprising to me that I don't see legit startups uh, out there that are solving the, how do you do SDR? I'm not talking about ideas. I know there are a lot of ideas there. I'm talking about like something that you can actually use in a company in the scale of Navan. Like, so how do you do SDR? How do you do sales? How do you analyze the sales calls? All of these things. I think we are still in the previous generations, you know, like if you think about Chorus or Gong or other things, like we are not there. And yeah, I'm hopeful. I think that obviously the capability is there and we are not going to innovate there. Like I'm not going to build a, I don't know, some AI tool for my SDR team. It will not happen. I want to focus on solving the problems that we need to solve. So I'm, I'm hoping to see technologies emerging there. 2023, uh, it sounds like ChatGPT was a, was a big surprise for you and the team. As you look forward to 2024, anything that you're particularly excited about uh, as it relates to AI that you can tease with our audience? I think a lot of things will move to scale, right? So I think uh, what we did with our chatbot uh, this year 
will move from a one level of impact to a different level of impact. Uh, I think what I've talked about in the, in the hotels beta, I'm hoping that it will come of becoming GA. I think from, from a more of an infrastructure perspective, I think that companies like us will just have more choice. You know, it all started uh, kind of chat GPT. So therefore let's have an agreement with OpenAI and let's use their technology. Uh, I think uh, even now we are using several models. Some of them are open source, some of them are not. So I think we'll have more choice and therefore our customers will get more benefits. Ariel, thank you so much for the time today. This was an awesome conversation. Uh, where can people learn more about Navan? Uh, and are you hiring? I always want to. I always want to uh, give my guests an opportunity to shout out their hiring. So definitely Navan.com, and we always always hire. Uh, so yeah, go to our website. There are tons of uh, positions there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ariel. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Generative Now. If you liked what you heard, please do us a big favor and rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That really does help. And if you want to learn more, you can follow Lightspeed at Lightspeed VP on YouTube, X, LinkedIn, or anywhere else. Generative Now is produced by Lightspeed in partnership with Pod People. I am Michael Magnano. We will be back next week with another awesome conversation. See you then.